Okay, everybody, welcome to this week's episode of Pickin'. Well, wait a second. Pickin' and Puttin'. We got our guest host here, Chicago native Bill Edwards, better known as Liberty Bill. Welcome to the show, Bill. Thanks for having me. Pleasure to be with you guys. I'm Liberty Bill, Golf Shop Radio Network. This is an unpaid guest appearance, so just enjoy my knowledge. Yeah. Yeah, I'm coming live to you from the Pickin' and Puttin' Studios. Our, our uh, remuneration for appearances is very low on this show. <laughs> so we're glad you came. But we, we, first of all, we got, a, we got a shout out. And I'm glad you got the promo in for your golf show because we needed to do that and do it again at the end so people know how to contact you. But I, I wanted to do a shout out. And I heard you guys are going to interview Laura Wern, who's a native of Charlotte, uh, and actually is ranked, I think, seventh on the Symmetra Tour money list right now and has got a good shot at getting her card. And your show is going to have her on for an interview, I guess. So that'll be exciting. Yes, Laura, is, she's the defending Symmetra Tour champion, and she won this past weekend in event. So she's getting hot at the right time because this year's Symmetra Tour championship is in November up in Davidson, North Carolina. Well, that's cool. That's close. So that'll be, to all you folks, we live in the Charlotte metro area, so Davidson's just up near Lake Norman, just north of us. Well, Bill and I decided we wanted to talk today about, he's an expert on uh, saber metrics and baseball, you know, is big into the statistics, and, and they've always been that way, football and other sports. But also, we wanted to talk to it, especially with the baseball playoffs going on, but we also wanted to talk to it in relation to golf and how it's being used there and uh, uh, where we think that'll go with things like DraftKings and that kind of thing. What do you think, Bill? Well, I know coming out of the U.S. Open, the conversation in this hot take society, prisoner of the moment world that we live in, is how do we Bryson-proof courses? Everybody was offended by the fact that he simply, he said he was going to do it, by the way. He said he was going to go up to Wingfoot, hit driver, hit the ball as hard as he could, didn't care where the hell it landed. He was going to get it out of the rough and win the tournament, and he did. So the whole golf community seemed to be freaking out. Is the short game, is the mid-range game, is all that stuff off the table now? And the reason why Bryson did that is because he's basically a physicist that is using golf clubs. So he broke down the data and he figured out this is the best way to win with the course set up right now. So the question is, what will golf do? What should they do to respond to what seems like a analytics revolution coming to the sport, similar to what we've seen in other sports? Yeah, and I, and I, I, I heard yesterday on the Golf Channel, the top 10 college players Five of them have gone back to the lab to put on 20 or 30 pounds for the NCAAs for next year. In other words, Tiger changed it and brought he brought athleticism to golf. Now, what Bryson's bring, bringing is the mathematics and the physics and uh, and just purely the numbers game. And I don't know how they can change that. Um, it's interesting. I, I did some when I was doing some research on this. There's a guy for the golf world named Mark Brody, and he's a PhD from Stanford, and he's a business teacher at Columbia. So there you go for math. And he wrote a book called Every Shot Counts, and it's the, it's the metrics for golf. That's been, he started, this started about 10 years ago with golf. Um, and one of the major metrics is that 60% of golf 
is top. Everybody always says the putter, you know, drive for show, putt for dough. Well, he says 60% of it's written is directed towards the long club. Mm. So it, it will be interesting. Um, I, it's like everything else, you know, you can't put it back in the bottle. Now, the, the key mover, and we've talked about this, and you can tell me what you think, but I think the key mover is Augusta National because Augusta is the same course every year, small field. They don't have any more land they can buy, even though they got all the money in the world to buy land. So I think that's where some change is going to come. And, uh, you know, they tried to tiger-proof it with trees and rough, and they gave up on that. <laughs> so I, I don't know. How, I mean, how do you think it, it – um, how did it tie into baseball? How did baseball use it to change the game? So baseball, I would say the journey started 20 years ago. Moneyball in the 2002 Oakland A's was kind of the seminal moment. And originally it was fun, which I would argue right now with Bryson and those college guys you mentioned, putting on all the weight, doing all the weightlifting. I would argue it's fun. It's new. It's different. But over the course of the last 20 years, essentially Major League Baseball front offices are populated by Ivy Leaguers and statisticians, and that's great. But now it's become a, a game of three true outcomes. There's either a strikeout, a walk, or a home run. So what we're missing in baseball is balls in play, is action, is defenders in the outfield diving for balls, double plays in the infield, uh, plays at the plate from sacrifice flies. We're missing more of the action. So the concern is, would golf get to a point where it's just all these Bryson DeChambeau's and all they're doing is driver, 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 and we miss some of these players that have the great short game, have the great wedges, and kind of the art of golf to me. I mean, everybody loves to watch the bombs, but it's really second, third, fourth shot where the art of the sport comes in. So that would be my concern. I feel like baseball's gone a little too far, and they're going to have to do something about it, whether it be move the mound back, lower the mound, a pitch well, I, clock? Yeah, I think, I think baseball, you're great. You know, obviously I'm older than you, and I grew up with Sandy Koufax, Bob Gibson, uh, Mickey Lolich. I mean, there were great pitchers that came through the ranks, and up until the steroid era, and we still had some great pitchers that haven't been allowed in the Hall of Fame, you know, especially the Texas guy. But I, I think they've changed pitching dramatically, and pitching used to be – the guy, you know, we have great pitchers, but they pull them after four innings. Oh, we don't want him to have Tommy John, and we don't want him to, you know, ruin his shoulder and whatever. And you'll watch a regular standard game, and you'll see six guys dropped out to the mound. And the reason for that is, is one word, velocity, because they're asking these guys to throw 99 miles an hour, and it's similar to what I think is the risk in golf where Bryson putting on all this weight, driver, driver, protein smoothies, lifting weights all the time, is he going to be able to sustain? Look at Tiger Woods right now. He's done. Well, Tiger, Tiger, that's exactly what I was going to say. Now, Tiger was at the forefront. Tiger may have used deer antler spray or who knows what. I'm not, I'm not criticizing. I'm just saying he really, he really, you know, and he also lifted and did all the things you needed to do. But look what's become. He's in his early 40s, and he's had multiple knee injuries and back. And the back's a killer. 
Uh, and the way Bryson is swinging that club right now, I mean, he just looks like he's coming out of his shoes. And, <laughs> he uh, does. And he's and he and in fact, he's going to go. He's now in the off season going to practice with a forty-eight inch driver. A standard driver when I was a young man was forty-three and a half inches. Now it's forty-five, and forty-eight. So obviously, if you make the club longer, the distance the head travels physically, he can generate more club head speed and therefore ball speed. And he's looking to have the ball speed over 200 consistently, which is just crazy. I mean, I, I can tell you next month it's going to be fascinating because I think he's going to go, especially the two par fives at Augusta on the back nine, and he's going to hit driver wedge. He's just going to take it – and they can, unless they can plant a hundred foot oak tree in the next three weeks, they can't stop that. So um, the interesting thing when I was, you know, everybody comes back and says the ball. And my argument has been, well, Nicholas has said that in player and, and I don't argue with the ball and, and dialing it back because I said, well, tennis has Spalding, Wilson, multiple companies, but they make the same ball, but they put their name on it. Now, golf will argue that it's technological and Titleist, Callaway, Bridgestone. Um, but I would say that I can see Augusta saying, we've got a ball. You can print whatever label fits your company and whoever your sponsors are, but you have to play the master's ball. I don't know whether they'll do that or not. but I And that's know. getting into the solutions, right? So if if we recognize, especially as you mentioned, that's a great nugget, these college guys are essentially trying to replicate what Bryson's doing. How do we solve for this? I think we agree we need to do something. So you mentioned planting an oak tree. Is it putting more trees on the course so that when you're bombing them out there, you better be straight and placing a priority on accuracy? Is it doing something with the ball? Is it reeling in the equipment of all these clubs? It, what type of solutions do you think should be considered? Well, it's kind of interesting when you say that because the, the last decade of golf course design has been, let's go get rid of all the trees because that allows airflow and grass to grow better. So all these clubs have gotten rid of trees so they can have vistas and grow grass. Well, they take away some of the teeth of the golf course. Now you can grow eight foot rough, um, you know, and that kind of – when you go to England or Scotland, the environment is the natural defense. They let the grass grow, and then you always got winds, and you got weather and rain, and they play through it because they don't tend to have thunderstorms. So, see, if it's pouring down rain, you play golf in Scotland because you're not going to get struck by lightning. You're just going to get wet socks. So, <laughs> yeah. So, they, the only way they stop it there is if the wind is so high that the balls move on their own, you know. I, yeah, I don't know. I, I think um, it's difficult because you've got, it, it's, I'd put it akin to uh, the automobile industry and in developing uh, environmental exhaust and they all have to adhere to the same technique. Well, they're going to have to come up with the RNA and the USGA are going to have to establish some rules and say, okay, uh, you know, you can have this much uh, club head speed. We have to limit this. I, I don't know. That's going to be a tough one. It'll be interesting. They're going to have to let this flow a while, you know. Yeah, be more reactive and see what happens. Yeah, I, I don't know proactively. It was interesting when I was studying this, and, and the man who brought it to golf, the PhD that I was talking about, Mark Brody, 
he brought it to amateur golf. And it, and it was interesting. He said, for amateurs, we could all cut strokes off our game by being analytical, by playing the hole backwards from green to tee. So don't always tee off with a driver on a par five when you know you can't get home in two. Just put the ball in play and, and play your game, and you'll cut five, five to ten shots. And the most in interesting – I know I went off tangent from what we were talking about, but the most interesting statistic was that he analyzed was DJ. And DJ is obviously a tremendous driver of the golf ball. He tries it pretty long and straight. He hits a lot of greens. He's a great iron player. Uh, and then putting, and one statistic for putting, closest to the hole and strokes used, he's one of the best. But if you really analyze him for foot, he's always closer to the hole than everybody. So in terms of putting, he looks like a better putter, but in reality – feet of putts made, distance from the hole, he's not as good. So he's, this guy says analytically he's an average putter, which is, which if you watch is probably true. Yeah, and you see that in the strokes gain statistics that I know the gambling community especially pays attention to because Dustin's closer to the hole before he gets to putting, so his putting is not a differentiator. Yeah, I, that's, that's another topic altogether. That's going to be kind of fun. I, I want to see how the golf world, the PGA Tour and the European Tour do with uh, the betting because they have these guys are all independent contractors as opposed to the Chicago Cubs or the Bulls or whoever we're betting on with a team structure. They all are independent. So every tournament has 155 independent contractors. So how do you how do you how do you do the betting, um, you know, comfortably? You know, you've got – I don't know. You don't have as much rain. But I do think the tour could have the opportunity to have running statistics. And uh, um, they've had an opportunity here to open themselves up for betting in that. Uh, I don't know where that's going to go. It could be a lot of fun. They've made significant – first of all, it's kind of funny to me that five years ago, betting was the devil. It was going to be the end of sports. It was going to ruin the integrity. And now all these major leagues are deep in bed with FanDuel, DraftKings, Vegas casinos. So that ship has sailed. Oh, yeah. I would challenge I'm, – I'm not in politics, but we have a pandemic issue going on. I would think we need to legalize sports gambling in every single state as soon as humanly possible, and well, that would get tax revenue moving. Yeah, well, so, I think, don't you think that's coming? I mean, I, I yeah, think – Oh, it's for coming. sure coming. It's our, I mean, Illinois, they're already betting, and my, yeah. they, well, my brother made some money off the Bears. And It's, it's funny. It came from Las Vegas. Then, then it was uh, New Jersey. Then it was only in, on Indian lands where they could build casinos. And then it was on boats that could go out three miles on the coast or out in the middle of Lake Michigan or whatever. Or know? on a river. Yeah, on a river. Uh, and so now but it's here, it's coming and it's yeah. here to stay. So the technologically, I think it's, it's, uh, really cool. Um, what was I thinking about? I, I, uh, well, I on the gambling, it will be interesting because I do see that totally transforming the way sports are broadcasted. So I foresee a world where there's the traditional kind of gymnance, CBS, broadcast for those that just want to watch that but i do see it transitioning to be more of a, a gambler centric broadcast where you can literally bet like let's go back to the pga championship colin morikawa 
the Eagle on 16, Colin Morikawa, excuse me. Yeah. Imagine being able to bet that he's going to sink that Eagle in real time and also be able to pick, hey, I picked this one golfer to beat this other golfer in the same group, so I'm going to watch that group. They've already got that set up on ESPN Plus and PGA Tour today. So those seeds are planted. I would expect within the next two to three years, there's going to be gambling-centric broadcasts and it seems like golf is looking to get ahead of the other leagues. And that is a great move to grow the sport. Well, you know what else I want to see, especially in golf, maybe downhill skiing, I don't know, but golf in particular is where you wear the, the um, uh, uh, you know, the goggles. What am I saying? The, so that it's three-dimensional. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you put those on and on your computer, on your computer, on your God, you'll see the, the statistics on, on, on Bill Edwards is standing up. And I can see in three dimensions what he's really dealing with. You know, he's, you know, on TV doesn't do it justice. The guys, you say, oh, he's hitting around a tree. And then they'll show you, you know, there's a hill and, a, you know, whatever. I think that'll be really cool. Yep. And you're right to be able to do that and then bet real time you got your phone here or what or whatever i don't know how that'll go you know it'll be something like google glass <laughs> oh it'll be back to the future too yeah that's what it'll be like yeah i'm yeah i'm really excited about it well i don't know about the the technological stuff it'll be it'll be time will tell um i'm like you i think baseball overshot and will come back um and there is one other issue that baseball has that's connected to golf, pace of play. Yes. And, look, you and I are not the young target demographic, but I think we both agree that both sports need to significantly increase their pace of play. I know the USGA had plans that they scrapped for the coronavirus while we're going through this pandemic, but it seems like their intent on enforcing this, and baseball has a pitch clock in the minor leagues, it's only a matter of time before we get that to the major leagues. And I am all about, in all sports, whatever we can do to improve the pace of play to keep things moving. And it's, it's just we shouldn't have to carve out four, four and a half hours in a day for a sporting event. We all have a million things to do, so let's keep it moving. Well, and here's an interesting thing when you say that. On the amateur side, like when I go out and play, what's happened with all of us having single golf carts now because of COVID Everybody has their own cart, and and um, and then the pace of play because of the pins. You're leaving the pins in. We're not raking the traps, which you find by using your foot and stuff is just fine as long as there's not. So <laughs> yeah, that's idiot, not coming back. As long as some idiot doesn't dig a hole with his shoes, I mean, it's been just fine. And the pins, not pulling pins out. I never pulled them out anyways, but now we're all used to it. We have this little gizmo. You pull the ball up. So it absolutely speeds up the speed of play. And I'll tell you, last weekend, we went out as foursomes. I played two rounds and uh, about three hours and ten minutes. You know, and he used to always think four hours. Now, this is four guys saying, yeah, that's good, that's good. I know, I understand. But uh, the PGA Tour, the U.S. Open rounds, will be six hours. Yep. It's just crazy. I mean, and the one that gets me, here's the other one, just as an aside. I'm all with the tour getting rid of those damn books because I play with your brother-in-law, for example, and uh, goes out and it's got to know that it's 132.2 yards. And I grew up playing by visuals. You had one tree and a rock that was 150. And he'll say, well, how far is that? And I'll say, it's 130. 
he'll go, no, it's 132. I go, okay, you know, plus. And that's connected to Bryson, though. That's what Bryson, Bryson's doing calculus out there. Oh, my God, he gets on the green for an eight-foot putt, and he rereads his book, and then he asks the caddy, and he rereads his book, and I'm going, just putt the dang thing, you know? So there's good and bad to that. I don't, I, you know, I don't know. I don't have a problem with them having books and studying them and, and, and then, but don't bring them to the course. Yeah. Just keep right. it moving. Keep it moving. Well, you got anything else you want to stay to say? I want to remember folks, this is Liberty Bill from Libertyville. That's right. Northside. That's why we got the, we're supporting the Cubs who are down 0-1 and the Bulls who they're not there. So, the but Bulls will year, be the next Chicago team to win a championship. I guarantee it. We'll let everybody know we're out of contact and, and uh, about the golf show you guys are doing. So follow us on Twitter at the Golf Shop Show. And if you live in the Carolinas, we got you covered coast to coast. Just head to thegolfshopshow.com for all the affiliates. We are live Saturdays, 8 to 10 a.m. Eastern, every Saturday. We always have the Golf Pro on the week before. They're hosting a tournament to give you some insights straight from the horse's mouth on course setup. We've had Fuzzy Zeller on recently, so it's always a good time. Be sure to check us out on the Golf Shop Show. And let me, let me sign off with one more thing. I got to give you my – we always sign off with a quote here, Liberty. So my quote for today, things turn out best for the people who make the best of the way things turn out. Coach John Wooden. Everything that man said is golden. So he's one of the greatest coaches of all time. Well, we hope you'll watch us on YouTube, subscribe, push the bell, do all those things. You can contact us on our web page at pickinandputtin.com. It's Clay and Rick at pickinandputtin.com. And we'll look forward to seeing you next week. And we thank Liberty Bill for being a guest participant. And we hope to see Dr. Uh, Mr. Clay Smith back in the saddle soon. And we'll be back with you in a week's time. Thanks for being with us. See you next time. Okay.